Hello and welcome. I am your host, Tanil Christensen from Earth Mama, where I teach people to get skilled in sustainability. This is the permaculture herbalism segment brought to you by the Elder Tree, where we are putting the medicine in the hands of people. Thank you for tuning in. I'm recording from my studio in Jabakai land of Karanda, Australia. And I'm going to give my respects today and always to the First Nations people, past, present and future, and offer my gratitude for the opportunities to learn their ancient wisdom in our modern world, bridging time and culture so we may all thrive. This segment is all about merging the world of permaculture and herbalism. So the art and science of ecological design and plant wisdom or plant medicine so that we can cultivate healthy landscapes and people. If you want to be involved, you can be part of the Elder Tree Trove, which is our Patreon community. Stay tuned to this episode for more information. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. If we would open our ears, what would we hear? And so not only did the seed bring me that message of its sacredness and the infinite potential, mm. but then the next part that came was it was reflecting to me our potential mm. as well, mm-hmm. our infinite unlimited potential that we have within. In this episode, we embark on a journey into the verdant world of seed saving with Maria Gillies. Living a simple yet profoundly enriching life, she is a devoted member of the Mariba Seed Savers Coordinators Team in Far North Queensland and also volunteers with the National Seed Savers Organisation to connect all Australian groups. Maria left her life in the laboratory to take off her shoes and follow her curiosity for food as medicine. And she shares in her insightful world of seeds after exploring a deep connection with papaya and the lessons learnt from being present with seeds and healing with nature. The turning point in her journey though came when she engaged in a transformative wolfing experience with Isabel Shepard, a renowned herbalist and author on the Sunshine Coast. Under Isabel's expert guidance, Maria realized the significance of preserving seeds from one's garden, and she shares these insights and experiences within a rich tapestry of lessons learned in the world of nurturing and preserving life through seeds. Thank you for coming and let's jump into this first question, which is how did perma or how has permaculture influenced your life? Well, Tanil, for me, it's been a pretty important part of my life, even though I didn't realise it at first, because what permaculture does for me is it actually gets me in touch with the natural world. And I lived most of my life, most of my adult life, very disconnected from nature, even though I wasn't really aware of that because, you know, I left school and I did um, a training as a pathology technician. And so I worked in a laboratory for many years, both in the areas of diagnostics, but also in immunology research. So it was an interesting time in my life. And, you know, that's what I thought that my career path was going to be like. But I was very disconnected from nature, you know, in a laboratory environment, which is quite cold and sterile, under fluorescent lights. 
and uh, you know you wear the whole um, gown and gloves and masks and all those sorts of things as you're doing your experiments and whatnot and uh, I just didn't really think about the natural world outside as such and connecting with that and it was quite rare for me to actually go outside take my shoes off and have my feet on the ground so it might seem like a strange thing you know when I look back I think gosh was my life really like that actually yes it was and thank goodness it's not like that now <laughs> it's a very different version of how I've met you and known you in this region so thanks for sharing that yeah and so where did the permaculture seed or what how did you get from the laboratory out with your, sh your shoes off well, it was, it was interesting actually when I sort of uh, reminisce and look back at my life. I mean, sure, when I was a young child, mum and dad used to grow veggies in their backyard. But I didn't really think much about it. You know, they would bring some of the produce in and we would have that with meals and whatnot. But I really didn't partake in the process. I watched my dad from time to time when we'd have conversations, but I didn't really partake in the process. And so it wasn't until my early 20s that I went to France for two years to stay with some friends. And that's when I really got to see about the abundance mm. that you could have in your life when you've got a garden in that backyard environment. And I got to see some fruit trees and plants growing that I'd actually never seen before because in France, you know, they go through very different climatic um, conditions. Yep to what I grew up in um, Australia. Newcastle was the area where I grew up, right? Yep. So, you know, we certainly didn't get snow there, mm. <laughs> but it was a very different environment in France. Mm. Um, it was actually between the Alps and the Jura Mountains, not too far from Geneva, actually. Right. And it was just an incredible property because they had raspberry bushes, blackberries, red currants. That was the first time I saw a fruiting cherry tree wow and it was absolutely the most glorious thing you could ever see when it was in flower they had massive walnut tree hazelnut bushes just all these amazing plants that were producing edible food yeah. that i'd never seen before so that was pretty amazing and i got the opportunity to look after the garden that was there that had all of the seasonal veggies in it so that was like yeah i'm gonna really give this a go so it was lots and lots of fun to do that Wonderful. And is that before you were working in the labs? It was took during. Your career? It was oh, during. Okay, yeah. so this was like a... I sort of took a bit of a... a bit of a Sabbatical? Um, or, yes, yeah. whatever you call it. You know, a bit of a break, break. from that yeah. crazy, you know, fluorescent light environment. Yeah. And I just really loved it. I think it really planted a seed for me. Yeah. And so, you know, I came back to Australia and I went back into the laboratory environment because that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. And then... I decided that I would do a little bit more traveling and I went over to the United States for a little while and met some beautiful people over there, one of uh, which was an amazing herbalist. And that's when I sort of started to get interested in using plants and herbs for our health and well-being. Mm. So it was like all these little seeds were being planted along the way. Yeah. And when I came back to Australia on that occasion, I decided that I wanted to become a naturopath. So, you know, career path change, yeah. that's what I was thinking. And I started to do that and I studied for the first two years. Yeah. And it was very interesting. It certainly broadened my horizons. And at that time, I got the opportunity to do two weeks woofing with Isabel Shippard 
on her farm in Nambour, which wasn't very far from Brisbane where I was. And that was amazing because mm. Isabel really helped me to see the importance of saving seeds. Yes. And she was growing chia yep. and uh, Job's tears, all sorts of really yeah, interesting plants. I love them. And so she got me to help her in the harvesting of those seeds. Mm. So it was a really beautiful two weeks with her. She, she was an amazing woman, mm. absolutely incredible woman. And we we're all very blessed, you know, to have those incredible books that she wrote and yes. put together for everybody as reference books. They're just amazing. So I decided that I wanted to look at the natural perspective of health and well-being, yep. particularly with food yep. and using herbs. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to work in a laboratory anymore. I was doing the naturopathic training, but I also decided that I wanted to utilise my knowledge of the body and how it functions. And so I decided that I would begin assisting people with one-on-one -on -one, um, consultations, I suppose, to educate them about their amazing body and what it's capable of. So I moved up to the Sunshine Coast and uh, I didn't complete the, the naturopathic um, diploma mm -hmm. and I just um, got myself uh, set up with a microscope and the types of equipment that I needed to be able to do blood analysis and it was really quite amazing to see somebody become aware of the miracle that their body is mm. because it really is profound yeah. and when you can see your blood in a visual way and see how it's moving and the different cells that are in that blood it's actually really quite amazing so that was something that I did for a number of years and I really enjoyed it it was really really wonderful wow so can I just ask a question in there were you looking at people's blood and then helping them with their health and then looking at their blood again so that they could see like what was the blood analysis aspect of it well first of all i wanted them to become more aware mm -hmm. of the miracle of their body okay and visuals are always really really powerful in doing that for sure so i wasn't using the tool as a diagnostic um, um process as such yep. it was more of an educational process yep and i did work with other natural medicine practitioners mm -hmm. and i would then uh, suggest to a particular person if they wanted to take things further mm -hmm. if they had a particular health imbalance that they wanted to address then they could go and see you know a particular naturopath or yeah. somebody else in a particular field that was going to support them so connecting them to yes. the right people yes so right. a connector i suppose you are a total connector <laughs> yeah so it was happening back then and i didn't even yeah. realize it <laughs> so that was a really beautiful time in my life and then in uh 2008 I had a really bad car accident okay. which um, caused me to be um, out of the working environment for about six months because my body had a lot of healing to do mm. and I was introduced to just looking at um, very basic ways that we can support our own body and its healing and what came to me most prevalently is through the food that we're eating. Mm. You know, food is medicine. Food is medicine. That yeah. beautiful quote, you yeah. know, that we've all heard that yeah. from Hippocrates. Yeah. Let food be thy medicine. Mm. And medicine be thy food. It really mm. is that simple. And we can grow a lot of food of our, ourselves. And we can grow a lot of plants that we can use mm. in a herbal way mm. 
to support our diet. And so that's kind of been the journey for me. Mm. I moved to North Queensland in 2017 and I'd never been to North Queensland before. My husband had lived up here about 45 years ago and he really loved the area and when he chose to move back to Victoria, he didn't really want to go. <clears throat> he always had a desire to come back again. And so I was like, yeah, let's go up and see what it's like. And so we made the decision to move up here in 2016. Now, it was a really wonderful time because we got to spend time with some very good friends of Douglas's, who are now good friends of mine, and they've lived in the, this area in Mareeba for pretty much their whole lives. And I got to observe their incredible garden. Mm. Absolutely amazing. And the abundance that they were producing was absolutely mind blowing. And so I hadn't really been part of a Seed Savers group at that point, but I was asked if I would be available to do some of the administration for the Mariba Seed Savers because the young lady who had been doing the role was moving down south. So I was like, yes, I've got time on my hands, I've got a computer, sure, you know, I'll give that a go. And so that's where it all began with our local Seed Savers group. But I'd love to share with you something that happened for me just after that, that relates to my real connection with seeds. Please and, and do, why yeah. I feel it's so important for people to be aware yeah. of the message that seeds bring us. Mm -hmm. And so here I am this morning. It was around breakfast time. I think I'd only been in the area probably for about four to five weeks. And everybody else had gone out for the morning. They had their own errands that they were taking care of. And I was at home on my own. And I had this amazing, beautiful pawpaw that I was going to have for breakfast that had been grown by Michael Alba, the beautiful man who had the property, Michael and Lindy. Yeah. And um, so I picked up this pawpaw and I, I cut it open. I put half on the table and I picked up one half and I started with a spoon just taking the seeds out of the centre of the pawpaw and one of the seeds fell onto the table. And in that moment, I'm probably going to start crying now, and I hope, you, I hope my voice doesn't get too quivery because it was a pretty profound experience. Yeah. In that moment, I put the spoon down and I picked up the seed and I looked at it, looked at the seed, and I looked at the seeds that were still in the pawpaw I was holding and then I looked at the other half that was on the table, which was absolutely chock-a-block full of seeds. I mean, you've probably you've seen how many seeds can be in a pawpaw. So abundant. Like thousands of seeds yeah. you know and it was like in a millisecond I went somewhere else it was like my consciousness went out into the universe somewhere mm. and it happened so quickly and it felt like I was actually connected to everything mm. in that moment mm -hmm. and here I am with these seeds and the seed gave me a message mm -hmm. The seed was telling me, first of all, that they're sacred and that every seed from each plant carries the story of that particular plant. Mm -hmm. It carries its DNA. It carries its whole journey of life. Mm. And they really are sacred. 
and I could see in that moment the unlimited infinite potential of one seed because you've got this one seed in my hand I'm looking at this pawpaw which has got thousands of seeds in it Mm. and then I looked out into the garden just behind where I was and there's literally scores of pawpaw trees that are laden with pawpaws and I just looked at it and thought oh my gosh so much abundance so much abundance so much potential yeah that is infinite yeah but exponential yeah you know like the ph scale yeah how each little segment on the ph scale is like exponential yeah well that's what i felt with the the seeds as Mm. well there there should never be such a thing as food shortage in this world absolutely not it's by design (laughs) absolutely but yet nature designs this incredible plant absolutely we have everything we need to nurture and nourish our bodies right in front of us yeah and so not only did the seed bring me that message of its sacredness and the infinite potential Mm. but then the next part that came was it was reflecting to me our potential Mm. as well Mm -hmm. our infinite unlimited potential that we have within it was like i was seeing the god spark within me Mm. which is within everyone everything yeah Yeah. so that was my moment with seeds and i'm like i'm part of mariba seed savers this is going to be just so great because everybody needs to know how awesome this is you know And so, yeah, that's how I came to be part of wow. the Seed Savers so Group. such a passionate, um, embodied experience and this message coming through and you sharing that. And it's interesting how you, like the time, like you came up and you landed basically in the epicenter. Like, you know, the Elbers are so well known. They've done such great work in this community and have such a great demonstration property and you've come in and been held in that space to learn in you know about tropical gardening so incredibly and then to have the presence to sit and be with the the plants you know you already had that understanding of how food is medicine you'd already taken these steps on the journey and then here you are presented with this beautiful message and now you've carried that on and you play a big role in bringing and networking and connecting people around the topics of seed and seed saving in this community here and even lately you're doing it on the national level with seed savers all around Australia and thank you for the invitation to you brought me in to speak and to learn from other seed savers so it's a really huge topic and because we were having this conversation around seeds um, I've been sitting with it and just reflecting on it. And I was doing the dishes this morning and this uh, a message came through and it's like the difference between seed and soil, the only difference is I and you. Yeah. With the spelling, you know, seed and soil, I and you. And wow. soul, soul and soil. Sorry, that's what I meant, soul and soil. You know, we're so connected to it and seed you talked about the infinite potential that goes forth. I was reflecting on the genetics and the DNA that goes back as yes. well. Like the characteristics and the DNA that goes like, so we can plant something and it will, it, how it 
grows with all the different elements, sun, air, fire, water, earth, that could have um, throwbacks or, or genetic um, characteristics and manifestations from the grandmother or grandfather seeds that's been saved two or three cycles or the cycle before. So there's just so much design and information in within the the biology. It's just, just so I interesting, know. isn't it? It, it is absolutely <laughs> incredible, Chanel, and it really is a very exciting subject to, to go into because I think, for me anyway, I can't speak for other people, but for me, yeah. when I go into that topic yeah. and I sit with somebody like yourself who's also in that topic, it's like you really begin to see the incredible perfect connection yeah. of the whole universe yeah past Everything. present future absolutely yeah. all together yeah as one yeah and that's so powerful and so you know when i think about the future i'm not worried about our future mm. because there is so much infinite positive potential that we are surrounded by if mm. we choose yes. to tap into it yes I think it's definitely a choice. Yeah. But it's right there in front of us, surrounding us everywhere. Yeah. And then for me to be able to tap into that and bring that energy into my life, mm. I feel a great passion for looking at what can be created mm. for the future mm. within ourselves, within our families, but within the communities as well. Mm. Because I feel coming together as communities is such an important thing at this time. Yes. Coming together, supporting each other. And that, you know, just reminds me of the beautiful aspect of permaculture, how mm. things grow together yeah. and support each other. The, the guilds and the... the um symbiotic relationships that's right yeah you know, I, I had an opportunity to be part of a um a workshop uh, dr christine jones did ah. here in mariba last year yes and uh it was so interesting because she talked more about diversity yep in your garden yep and how wonderful it is to get plant diversity around all your fruit trees and all your edibles yeah because all of those plants will be supporting each other yes and the microrhiza that goes out in the soil that actually is like the connection it's like the the um communication part yeah it's kind of yeah. like the internet so yeah. to speak you know in the soil and all the different plants can actually help and support each other when you've got that beautiful diversity that comes together absolutely and so that bringing in diversity helps the landscape and helps the plants grow better than if we are relating to it and ingesting it or using it as medicine and caring for it we it improves our health as well so that direct understanding of health for the land and health for ourselves is so deeply connected you can't really have one without the other that's right yeah so cool and so you know we we dive into this and explore it with so much curiosity um however there's that other side of seed saving where you know it from a practical and and put the perspective of how important it is 
at this time would do you mind sharing you know your understanding and that level of motivation other than you know our connection and the feelings and the philosophy that we have from that curiosity and and stepping into the expanded awareness of just hanging out in nature and having connection to seeds what does it do for us on a practical level in that um you know, solutions for a better future? Well, I think what's really important is for us to do what we can mm. to um, keep the, the plants alive, keep the mm. seeds alive, keep the, the lineage of, of plants alive. Mm. And, you know, when I think about certain varieties of plants that have potentially been lost mm. because the seeds uh, perhaps didn't germinate or um, if they were planted out in a particular fashion perhaps you know there were predators that actually disturbed those things I really feel that this is where community is important Mm. because by saving our own seeds we also have the ability to be able to share Mm. with others in the community Mm. that may lose their seeds yeah and in fact, the Mareeba Seed Savers has assisted other groups in Northern Australia anyway in that regard. You know, the group was initially founded by uh, Ula and Peter, a beautiful couple yeah. from Denmark. And uh, before I came to the North Queensland area, they shared with me how they were able to send seed to, I think it was uh, maybe Townsville. After a cyclone, there'd been a cyclone and a lot of the gardeners had lost their whole gardens Mm. and they didn't have a lot of seed to to begin again. And so to be able to share seeds Mm. with our friends, with other communities is so important. And I'm super excited actually because just through the connections that we've been making with the Seed Savers Group, I've had an opportunity to talk with a beautiful elderly lady down in Gympie who she's in her 80s and she's still gardening strong. She's doing everything she can. She's um, finding that her eyesight is, is not as good as it used to be, so it's not as easy to garden. But she's really, really wanting the different types of beans that she is growing to continue to keep growing Mm. and I got a phone call from her last week letting me know that she's sending up a parcel of some seeds eight different varieties of beans that I know we don't have in the Mariba Seed Savers group so excited I know (laughs) and she said oh I'm so sorry I can only send like three or four beans I'm like that's okay Bev yes that's perfectly okay we'll do everything to steward those yes to bring them through so that we can begin getting more abundance with those particular seed varieties so for the future I just feel it's so important for us to be so mindful Mm. of stewarding the seeds Mm. and bringing them through from one generation to the next Mm. so that our children our grandchildren they will also have what they need to be able to produce food yeah you know so many people are so used to going to the supermarket to get food yeah but who knows how long that food is going to be available absolutely and and so many people are used to buying seeds from catalogs which is great they play they definitely play a role and I've certainly purchased seeds in the past from green harvest and eden seeds grown them in my garden 
and then being able to seed save from them. But I notice each year they grow better in my garden. So they're getting acclimatized to my microclimate and my niche because both of them have traveled from you know, Sunshine Coast or Queens, South Queensland. And I'm sure with these beans from Gympie, you might have those three seeds. You put, you'll have three bean plants and the amount of produce and seeds that you'll be able to save from those three. Like you said, it's kind of like a fractal, like the potential. There is just so much there, but it can be completely lost if the wisdom and the, um, the motivation to save some of them, to put some aside, to share, yes. to share the surplus, that permaculture ethic, Absolutely. sharing the surplus, obtaining a yield. If we eat all of those beans, we're not going to be able to actually grow them again next year. Exactly. So it's future planning. Exactly. Future planning. We, we must do it. It's so important for the generations to come. Yeah. And, you know, seed saving just really provides that beautiful opportunity to do that. I mean, it provides everything, really. Mm. It's just such a wonderful um, a wonderful gift, really, for, for people to embrace in their lives. Yeah. Even though it might seem like a strange concept at first, and they might think, but I don't know anything about seed saving. But that's where the community comes in. Yes. Because we get to share knowledge. Yes. And sometimes, like, you know, I've been part of the Seed Savers group since 2017, you know, but I still feel like an infant in it in so many ways because I still think I'm not, I'm not sure how to save that particular seed. What do, I ha- what do I do? Like, what's the best way for me to care for that particular plant, you know? Yep. And so I just don't stop learning. I think the learning process is an ongoing thing our whole lives yeah but it's so wonderful to come together with others so that we can share knowledge yes and learn from each other absolutely and it's a skill once you learn it's actually not that hard but we we because we've not been taught these things in our education throughout our whole life for some reason like questionable isn't it it is a bit yes but then when you get there and you learn yes they have their little ways that they like to be saved and and stored however once you've got that skill down you can repeat it so many times and then you become the teacher and sharer with other people um i wanted to touch on at some point I'd love to go back to the conversation of the papaya yes because just you know like that's so expansive but when we narrow down to the plant itself there's so much medicine and food in that particular plant so nature by design is providing us uh, past present and future of continuing having a relationship with this plant for our health and well-being but for our tropical climate where it grows so abundantly it has these leaves that have a medicine in it that can be boiled and utilized for many different ailments wow that's just so amazing because when i think about what particular plant that I really want to have in my garden, yeah. I'd go straight for papaya or yeah. pawpaw. Some people refer to it as pawpaw because for, for so many reasons. And what you've just shared there, Tanil, I didn't even know that myself. Oh, wow. You know, so this is the beauty of sharing knowledge. But what I see with, with the papaya is it's an incredible plant. It, it 
it's very fast growing yes and it produces very very quickly it does and it produces so much abundant seed for the next generation yeah it's just phenomenal and they're so hardy too particularly the ones that we've got around in our garden that have self-seeded yep they tend to be the ones that produce the most amount of fruit right because they've done they've been in the environment and they've taken in the knowledge of the different elements and they've come through and they can basically grow themselves now right absolutely <laughs> like we've got a couple just down here near where we have our um our what we call our sprout bench yep and it's sort of in an area where we were thinking oh yeah this is going to be like natives in this area here anyway these two papaya plants sprouted themselves and I said to Douglas, what do you think? You know, they're sort of not in the so-called native area. What do you want to do? And he was like, oh, let's just leave them there. They obviously want to be there. Yes. Well, I tell you what, Tanelle, they have produced so many pawpaws on, that, on those two trees. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. But the other thing with the, the pawpaw fruit that I just love too is you can actually eat it raw. Yeah. You Green know, and ripe. Absolutely. A starch and a fruit. <laughs> exactly. You know, some people choose to ferment the green pawpaw. Yeah. I know a lot of people that do that. Yeah. We love to eat it just grated raw in a salad. Yes. Yummy. And it's green pawpaw salad. Oh, so green pawpaw salad. Like, I, I really made this classic one last week, which was just perfect, and it was so easy. It was literally grated green pawpaw. Yeah. Grated raw carrot. Yep. Um... There was uh, Naranjilla pulp. Ooh, I don't know what Naranjilla is. So Naranjilla is an amazing little plant, which we can um, touch on in a moment. Great. Um, it's from the same family as the tomato. Okay. Yep. yep. Solanaceae. And what was the fourth thing? Oh, red, red um, capsicum. Yeah. So it was literally those four things. Yep. And then I made a dressing out of lime juice and coconut cream. Oh, oh my favorite man. things I together. could have eaten the whole bottle. <laughs> okay, my mouth is watering. It was literally watering. It was so good and, right. and so easy to prepare. Yeah. yeah. And so, like the pawpaw is amazing. It really is. Yeah. And um, when a tree finally gets to that place where it's not producing much anymore, it's very good just to put in your compost. It decomposes really quickly. Yep. It's, Top and drop for mold. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. I yep. just I just love it. That, <laughs> that would be my choice. Hey, uh, this is a quick interlude. I trust you're enjoying the episode thus far. Did you know that The Elder Tree is a not-for-profit organization? We are empowering grassroots herbal education and earth skills to ensure holistic healthcare is accessible to everyone. Beyond this podcast, we have the Elder Tree Trove, which is our Patreon community. It's more than a membership, it is a space where our listeners become co-creators of our mission, which is to secure the future of herbal medicine in Australia with an education center and healing sanctuary in far north Queensland of Australia. To be more involved, you could join us as a Patreon and become an integral part of our community. For just $2 or even $8 per month, you can stay connected with the herbalists, the healers, and the permaculturalists we interview and access their special content and offers and their ongoing expertise, all for you to harvest. Now let's get back into the interview. In 
So, think. so that kind of answers the question of what plant is a must-have in your oh, home garden. Absolutely. You recommend that one. Yeah. Everybody got that message. Yeah, I mean, I know friends of mine that, that are growing it down in Brisbane. So, yeah. you know, it's not just for the tropical totally, parts of Australia. Yeah. And Subtropics. From, yeah, yeah, from what I understand, if it's in a protected area, you can grow it yeah. as far south as Melbourne. Yeah. I mean, I would find it a bit cold to live down there. You, you need know? a little microclimate there, a, a, a sunny spot. But they grow really well along... Um, like edges of houses because of the cement okay yeah it creates there's a lot of lime in the soil and that's great conditions that papaya tend to love it it's like really compacted soil and they grow grow in it so oh, i've wow. seen it you know, the more i baby and like care for one it's like <clears throat> yeah but the ones that like you said that just come up it's and like, I'm gonna find thrive. their niche yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. right but the, the boiling of the leaves is used to um, help people who've had dengue fever, ah. which is a very prominent sort of tropical disease that happens through mosquitoes in our tropical regions. Okay. So all through Asia, they boil the leaves and utilize that. Wow. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, put, I'll put links in the show notes so people can reference these, this different information about it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, well... In terms of like, so we know papaya is the, the recommended plant. Um, is there a time in your life where you've utilized a different type of plant from a herbalism perspective uh, to, to heal anything? Like you talked about your car crash before or maybe something more recently where you've lent and worked with a specific plant that's helped you to recover or to... You know. I think for me, when it comes to healing my body in a natural way mm. really is about the diet yep. and eating as much as I can in my diet mm. that's grown organically in a raw state. Yep. Um, obviously some things need some processing or some cooking or boiling or whatever, yep. but um, I think eating those beautiful foods mm. and herbs mm. in their raw natural state mm. is so good for our body. And for me, when I had that experience in 2008, my body had a lot of healing to do. I was immobile for two months because of the breakages that I had and I'd lost a lot of muscle mass. Mm. So it took me quite some time to, to regain that. I, I don't think I've even regained it still, but um, I'm, I had the opportunity to look at my diet really carefully mm to see how could I help my body as much as possible. Mm. Because I had this realisation in the hospital that my body actually knew how to heal. Yeah. It just knows what to do. Yep. You know, when you prick your finger or you cut your finger, instantly there is a response that begins in your body with your platelets. Mm. Your body starts a clotting process mm. to Coagulate. plug up the hole, yeah. right? Now... Our body knows how to heal. That's its innate intelligence. If we feed it well with the right nutrients mm. and we remove the things that are slowing that healing response, then the healing will happen. Mm. That's what happens. But something that I do enjoy doing, I did enjoy back then, but I still enjoy it, particularly in wintertime, not that we get a lot of winter <laughs> up here, um, is I actually enjoy putting nettle. Yep. Into what I call a raw soup. Yep. So basically just harvesting it from the garden and boiling it lightly. Yep. And then adding that to a soup mix that's got a lot of raw veggies in it or 
veggies that have been you know lightly steamed Mm -hmm. and it's really yummy Mm. like it tastes amazing and i know that nettle has an incredible number of properties Mm. that support our body i probably don't even know half of them but i just know that it's wonderful for giving us more vitality that's what i believe anyway great women's herb and a huge spectrum of nutrients and minerals but yeah helps with our blood specifically too yeah, wow it's yeah. just it's an incredible plant i love nettle and it really makes its present known in the garden doesn't it, it? does <laughs> it's like hey you touched me you're gonna know about yes. this in fact that reminds me of when i was wolfing with isabel yeah because she'd worked with nettle for so many years she said maria i want to show you something and she actually broke off a piece with her bare hand and she rubbed it all over her arm and she didn't get a response to it wow and i was like wow isn't that stinging and she was like no yeah no it's it's actually not and I understood that that was happening because she had a lot of that in her diet Mm. and therefore she wasn't getting that reaction I don't know if that's the actual case or not but it was just quite amazing to see that she wasn't getting a reaction to the nettle on her arm. Yeah. Mm, whereas other people would be like, oh, that's really, it's stinging, you know? Yeah. Well, some people, yeah, purposely smack it to bring all of the blood and the oxygen to to the surface and yeah. circulate, get the circulation happening. Actually, my husband has done that. Yeah. He, he had a bit of a frozen shoulder a number ah. of years ago and he did that. He actually got a piece of stinging nettle and he did a bit of flagellation on his shoulder yeah. just to increase the blood flow in there to see ah. how he would, um, you know, if he'd feel any difference. And he yeah. actually did believe that it helped. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. So, wow. I would, that, yeah, it's, I've never spoken to anybody who's actually spent time with Isabel Shepherd on her farm. That's so awesome. She's her such book. an amazing woman. She yeah. was so incredible and so giving of her knowledge. Yeah. And the thing that I loved, which was so beautiful, like every every day she would have like morning tea and lunch prepared and there was always fresh herbs all over the table to so that you could choose to put with your meal. Wow. You know, there'll be nasturtium flowers and just everything. There were sprouts everywhere. Like her whole kitchen was full of sprouts. Wow. She really lived what oh, she absolutely. wrote about and shared. Absolutely did. Yeah. 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 So her, her wisdom really lives on, doesn't it, in her books and then everything that we, you know, because it's so applicable. We've that heard that, um, what is it? I talk about in my very first episode, how we can use herbs in our daily life every single plant in that book we can grow in this region yes and so for me you know there wasn't many other books that really had that depth of knowledge and you know i love the stories the way she teaches through story yes um and all of the anecdotal i can receive and understand anecdotals um, information much easier than facts and figures it's just the way my brain works but i do appreciate the scientific evidence there but for me i don't if i can try it out and do it kinesthetically and have the results then that's good enough for me i think that general wisdom that we can share within our communities of what works and what doesn't is how we continue propagating our knowledge onwards like we're propagating the seeds it's that information sharing and I guess coming back to seed savers, like the action of turning up and learning how to save the seeds and getting those skills is, is one element of it. But every time I've been, I've learned something new. And 
not even necessarily related to the seeds, but to the larger garden environment, you know, going on tours with people as well. There's always different levels of learning, but it's the making friends and the relationships and connecting with like-minded people where, you know, everyone's showing up because they care for the earth, they want to grow gardens, they have, you know, these experiences like you shared where nature is healing and nature is showing us this information about our place in the universe and these lessons for ourselves moving forward in a good way and you know it's a free organization that you show up for and then on top of all of that it's like this is a really proactive solutions-based way to be an activist instead of saying no 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 to Monsanto you know I just listened to a podcast on the way here and three or four companies basically provide 60 to 70 percent of the main food crops and seeds for the world wow so you know when we talk about the importance of diversity yes (laughs) no seeds are not really being provided or cared for it's run by profit and there's a whole lot of genetic modification and they're even they're even making farmers sign contracts which means they can't save the seed they have to rebuy the seed each year and they're putting in technology into the seeds to stop them from being from growing you know like hybrids and things like that where it's not going to grow true to type the second year around but as home gardeners we can take hybrid seeds and we can replant it for a couple of years and have you know have a a quality plant absolutely we can (laughs) play a role it's been grown in your area and it's got those beautiful traits that are specific for your area yes and that that's the beauty and Mm. the other thing just as you were talking Mm. the thing that came to mind for me when we look into the seed saving um, community not only do we share the knowledge and we share the seeds, we share the abundance, you know. Yes. I mean, at the Mariba Seed Savers, we have a giveaway table. Yeah. We had to go and get us another table <laughs> at our last event because there was so much abundance that people were bringing to give away with love. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. With the Seed Savers movement, there's a lot of love, mm. you know. And mm. we really, I feel, need so much more love in this world. Mm. And by seed saving that's another way that we can share that love you mm. know because the seeds are filled with love yeah the earth is filled with love the yeah. earth it loves us mm. it reminds me of that that beautiful quote about our body you know our body is filled of with millions of cells mm-hmm. so many and every single one of them cares about you mm. you know it's just or working to to bring us uh, health and well-being and life. (laughs) Absolutely. So they're all coming together for a common goal. Yeah. And there's so much love in that. Yeah. You know? Mm. So I just love seed savers. I think it's incredible. I feel like if I walk around with seeds, I always have seeds in my pockets because I think that's part of it as well. It's a new way of being and mindset. So wherever I'm walking, I'm observing. I'm like, what is... What is nature showing me? And there's always seeds. I'm like, I'll save that and pop it in my pocket. And so I totally hear what you're <laughs> you saying. Do. But does it does it for you? Like, I feel hopeful and I feel really abundant 
If I've got a pocket full of seeds and a pocket full of change, it's like I prefer the seeds. Like there's just I know that that is like there is infinite, as you said, infinite potential into the future. Yeah. And I love going to people's houses and taking seeds and or them coming over and, and sharing that. And that just becomes part of the culture, I think, in yeah. people practicing permaculture or people involved in seed savers is that there's always more than enough. <laughs> Absolutely. There's always enough. Mm. And it it helps us to step out of the fear mentality. Yeah. To step out of that that mentality of scarcity lack what am i going to do i'm not going to have enough Mm. well just take a breath just connect Mm. there is enough yeah nature shows us actually absolutely there is just yeah but speaking of the seeds in the pockets i always have to be mindful when i'm doing the laundry (laughs) because douglas does exactly the same thing when he's out and about He'll come home with a pocket full of seeds, and I never know what I'm going to find in his yeah, pants before the I put them in the in the washing machine. <laughs> put the jars near the washing machine so you can unload all of the pockets, yeah, all of the pretty seeds. Much. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I've loved all the sharing. I'd like to know if you could share with our listeners what's alive and thriving in your world right now. Well, something that I think is super exciting. Mm-hmm and it's once again on the seed saving topic awesome. is the national seed savers uh, connect that I've been a part of for just over 12 months. I've been fairly um, active with our local group, the Mariba seed savers. Yep. And so, you know, we had a Facebook page and I was doing a fair bit of posts on there and just a bit over 12 months ago, I got a message from a beautiful lady named Liz Worth. And Liz is from the Bega Valley Seed Savers. And she said, hi, Maria, you don't know me, but I noticed that you're pretty active with the Mariba Seed Savers. And I wanted to ask you if you would be interested in coming on board as a volunteer with the small group of people that we have already, because we're looking at getting together a website for seed savers around Australia. Amazing. And the re- I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Look, I goosebumps. know. It, it's powerful, actually, it is because powerful. it really comes back into all the things we've talked about yeah. bringing people together. Even if we don't live in the same area, yeah. we can still share on yes. so many levels. Yes. And so I just thought, well, why not? You know, let, let's get connected. Let's see, you know, what, what we can do. And like I said, I still feel quite naive sometimes when it comes to seed saving because there's so much that I still don't know. And I hear some of these beautiful people talking. There's a, a, one, a wonderful man by the name of um, Lloyd. Lloyd's from the Mid Blue Mountain Seed Savers. And his knowledge of saving seeds is phenomenal. And I listen to him and uh, my brain's just like, whoa, it's just incredible. And so it's a very small group of us. We've been getting together about every three or four weeks to have a Zoom call, just uh, putting ideas out there. And their website's been coming together. It's called seedsavers.org. So you might want to put that link in. definitely do that. But it's super awesome because it's going to be a website that has Australian content. Australian seed saving content because a lot of the stuff that's on the internet is more related to Europe mm-hmm. yeah. there really hasn't been a great deal yeah around Australia mm. certainly Michelle and Jude Fanton yes. have done incredible things Love in book. Australia seed savers handbook Absolutely. I'll put that link there too it's please such a great do. resource please do yeah they've done amazing things for the seed saving movement in Australia yeah. and also in other countries as well yeah but they have retired, yep. and so 
you know, Liz was like, we really need to step up. Yes. And see what we can get together so that we can keep connecting seed savers in Australia. Yes. And because technology these days, we can, you know, stay connected fairly easily. Yeah. We can Zoom with people all over Australia. Like, what did we learn so much in that last I know. meeting? And it's free for anybody to join it and is. connect with. Absolutely yeah. free. And so we do a Zoom four times a year. Yeah. And uh, it's usually on the first Sunday yeah. of uh, February may august november yeah yeah but so, if people join that website they'll yeah. get the invitations to they it will they can. yeah and it's such a great way to learn but also to find seed savers in your own area absolutely because you might not realize that you know there could be somebody just around the corner from you who's interested in seed saving but you just haven't found each other yet. Yes. And so we've got a map now yep. where there's more and more groups that are actually putting themselves on the map. Registering. Yeah. So you can see all over Australia the spots and then how to connect with that particular group or those people. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, great. So Makes it so easy for it, everybody. There's wonderful. no excuse. <laughs> I know. It's so easy and it's yeah. really great. Like you say, you're learning all the time. Like, yeah. you know, um, I think it was about three Zooms back, we had um, a beautiful lady named Ruth from up at Ravenshoe Seed Savers. And because uh, up in Ravenshoe, the climate's a bit different to here. Absolutely. You know, she was talking about ways that you could um, support your seed so that it didn't go moldy. Mm. And she gave this great recipe of making, um, it was like a sort of a tincture with cloves. Mm. And uh, there were people all over Australia on that Zoom that were like, can you please tell me, send me the, the recipe, recipe of how to do that? Yeah. Because I think that that can be... Um, a challenge for people in lots of areas particularly if they're trying to save the seed and they're not fully dry yeah you know so there's things that we're learning all the time and uh, we've got a couple of subjects in the pipeline for the next zoom which is going to be in february and one of them i've got my fingers crossed that it will be um confirmed but um i think we're going to be hearing about the um, microbiome of seeds. Oh, cool! Yeah. Getting inside the seeds. Yeah. So the the uh, the microbiome on the surface and within the coating of the seed. So wow. I'm super keen to learn about that. Yes. Yeah. So and everybody's welcome to join the seed savers, and it's just a really cool community to be it part is. of. It yeah. is. Yeah. I just ran an introduction to permaculture on the weekend at my place, and I always make a conscious effort to pass on this message to everybody who comes to my place and that's the great opportunity in that space because you know with seed saving 101 I remember when I first you know found gardening and permaculture I was in a community garden and I had a packet of seeds and I was sticking my hand into the seed packet to pull the seeds out and this lady came over to me and she said hey darling if you pour the seeds into your hand instead of putting your hand into the seed packet, you won't get your dirt and all of the bug, all of the um, bacteria that's on your hands into the packet of the seed, the pack, the seeds, which could actually make them not viable. I didn't know this, and so I was like, "Wow, that is a game changer!" Because how many people would do that? And then their seeds don't grow and they think they can't garden. But it's like just the simplest thing of emptying the seeds into your hand as you need them instead of putting your hand into the seed packet. Wow, that's really powerful, Tanil. I just had another awareness come to me as you were talking. 
Because think about the action of that. When you're pouring the seeds into your hands, it's like you are open and receiving yes. the abundance and the love that those seeds are carrying with them. Yes, rather than putting your hand in and taking. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a whole different level of doing it's things. It's incredible, but, yeah. But the amount of people that I share that with, you know, that just maybe 10 to 20 people each time, they also have this moment of like, oh, yeah, I put my hand in the seed packet so many times. So they, you know, like seeds and the infinite potential, those 20 people are then telling everybody that they connect to just the most simplest basic seeds 101 you know and it's us regaining as humans regaining this um you know you said like you don't know until you go and you learn these skills it's it's in our dna and actually we get it quite quickly once we're shown it's like our body is saying yes it's like like a remembering a remembering yeah yeah so it's just such an important life skill to have and i really appreciate the work that you do in the community and that's why I wanted to yeah invite you onto the podcast and to to share all of your knowledge and and also for people to hear that you know like I I was in hospitality and real estate before I found my path in permaculture and seed saving is like one of the techniques out of the the domain flower of earth and land stewardship and there's six other domains that we can apply the principles of permaculture to so you know we all can find our little niche and the thing that we do to bring about earth care people care and and sharing the surplus that we actually have that nature is providing in abundance and step out of this scarcity fear-based paradigm that's designed to put us in a certain way that's right yeah absolutely empowered in our community oh absolutely and it's so vitally important because for me on my own personal journey you know going back to that place and and permaculture being part of that vehicle going back mm. it's been profound for my health and well-being yeah you know getting my shoes off and getting outside mm. in the garden you know getting my fingers in the dirt yeah. just really connecting in there it's so healing mm-hmm, to Neil. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't need to convince you of that because you're so aware of it as well. Mm. But it really is such a wonderful thing that we can all do yeah. for our own personal healing yeah. on so many levels. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It is. <laughs> well, I think that's a really beautiful way to finish up our podcast today from the bottom and the de- depths of my heart. Thank you so much, Maria. Oh, it's been just... <laughs> a pleasure. I'm just totally stoked to have had the opportunity, you know. I'm a pretty easygoing woman and I, I've learnt to become easygoing as I've gotten older um, and I'm really enjoying my older years and uh, it's just a great time to be alive and I'm so excited for the future and for everything that we can share together. So thank you so much. Yay, pleasure. <laughs> Well, that's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it now with someone you know will benefit from this information. And remember, we're not just talking about change, we are cultivating it through these conversations and through the Elder Tree Patreon community. Together, we are sowing the seeds for an education center and healing sanctuary. You can unlock access to our treasure trove of wisdom via our Patreon. So you can do that in the show notes below or from our website. 
please subscribe now and leave us a review. It really helps the bots share our podcast with the world and your support ensures that this podcast and our vision can thrive. To grow them is to know them, to know them is to use them, to use them is to love them and then happily herbs become your way of life. May you be blessed with good health and many plants.